on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Google has done a 180 on news. Microsoft has a new digital marketing center for marketers who want to put all their eggs in one basket. Goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. We learned what's got the team on ice at the salad bar. Y'all ready for this? We compile a list of corporate jams for business TikTok dances. And Shep found a new destination that doesn't exist, but is ripe for a true crime podcast. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on June 26, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. All of your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. So how is everyone doing? Long time no see in person. I see you guys every day on Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Doing great. Doing great over here there's been a little revelation and I kind of understand why people now have a tooth fairy with children. Um, One of my five-year-olds, the girl, she had a loose tooth. And it's pretty traumatic when there's parts of your body falling out of your head and you don't know what to do. Like that would be nice if you're like, oh yeah, a tooth fairy is going to come give you money. But I don't know, I've kind of changed my tune, but still they know who I am at the end of the day. And we had some success with, uh, with a tooth coming out. So that was good. And my boy was like, daddy, why don't you take one of your knives and cut it out? I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? That's a terrible idea. Don't ever do that. It just fell out. You didn't have to tie it to a toaster or anything. Or a toaster? Don't you do that in Home to... Alone or something? <laughs> That's got to be the most traumatic experience. You put the bread in and you wait for it to be actually turned into oh. toast. And then it dings and your tooth goes flying out. No. no, actually, I think it was the Santa Claus, one of the sequels. Um, they tie her tooth to a toaster and drop it from the upstairs or something. That's oh. awful. No, it's because they need awful. the tooth fairy to come because they need her help. No, it just fell out on its own. So it was oh, that's good. good. Yeah. So not that's too good. traumatic. That's what about you, Jess? Um, speaking of traumatic, we had an incident here last night at the house. Um, I was making salads for dinner and I was, I said to my husband, Chris, where are the cucumbers? Like I cut up cucumbers the other day and I can't find the Tupperware. And he's like, oh, well, I ate one today. And I, I remember like eating it in front of Jack and putting it in my mouth and putting it away. And it's not in the fridge. It was not in the fridge. We tore apart the fridge and we've all been going crazy in isolation. Right. So I'm like, oh, maybe we put it somewhere else like the pantry or the oven. We spent 20 minutes looking around the house. We even looked under the couch, like as if Jack got it or baby. Turns out that we had finished the cucumbers two days prior, and I remembered doing that because there was an odd number of cucumbers left over, and I took the extra one, and I remembered feeling guilty about it, and it all like came back to me, but we spent 20 minutes looking for cucumbers that did not exist, so that hey, is life right now. <laughs> I don't know what the worst part of that story is, because it's pretty weird that you felt bad taking the last cucumber in your own house. 
mean, <laughs> I like even numbers, so it was weird to me to have the extra one, but I, I was hungry. <laughs> I think the entire story part was the worst part. Shep. <laughs> <laughs> I had a different story to tell that involved pinwheels, but I won't go there. Shep, what's going on in your life? Um, same old, same old over here. We bought a patio umbrella. We didn't get a stand for the patio umbrella, so we had a lot of fun trying to come up with different ways to keep the umbrella up. And then we had people over for Father's Day, and it almost fell on everyone. And now it's being held up with our Christmas tree stand and various pieces of wood. So that's just great. That's Does the bird live in it yet? Nope, there's no bird yet, but I'm sure they will make their home there anytime. But quick housekeeping here, because we are back on YouTube as we've been talking about. Look us up on the Search Engine Journal YouTube channel if you want to see these fabulous faces. Search Engine Journal with no spaces if you want to find it really quick. We also are doing these new Marketing O'Clock minis now on the Search Engine Journal YouTube channel. So our biggest stories for the week, we're going to have a lot this week actually. Um, we're going to have them in five minutes or less covering the story. So if you want to get a quick hit of what the biggest news are, you can check us out there. Very exciting. So who are our sponsors this week? This week's episode of Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Ahrefs. Ahrefs is an all-in-one SEO tool set that gives you the tools you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. If you want to learn more, you can check out their blog or their YouTube channel for step-by-step -step SEO tutorials. They have a seven-day trial for only $7 for our listeners. Head over to ahrefs.com to sign up right now. That is A-H-R-E-F-S.com to sign up. And today's show is also sponsored by Optio. Optio is your go-tool tool for managing Google Ads accounts. They help you optimize accounts, dive deeper, perform better, and optimize every single aspect that you could ever imagine or ever want. And right now, our listeners can get a six-week trial of Optio. It is absolutely free, and you're going to find improvements that you can make in that account right away. And you get to keep those improvements after the six weeks, which is the best part. So to claim that free trial, you can go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That is O-P-T-E-O dot -E com slash S-E-J. Thank you to our sponsors this week. We'll dive into a few more of the features a little bit later on in the show. And Shep, what's up in the news? So first up this week, Microsoft is piloting a new free digital marketing center designed to help small and medium-sized businesses manage organic social media and paid search and paid social campaigns across Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter's ad platform. Really putting all your eggs in one basket if you're going for this. So this article from Search Engine Land says, these are similar to smart campaigns on Google, and they use Microsoft AI to power ad keyword and audience targeting and bidding. Advertisers set their goals, location targeting, and budgets. But then they say later, budgets are automatically optimized. I'm using air quotes, people who are listening. Across channels and platforms. That sounds terrifying. I was all in on this when you first mentioned it. And then you said, oh, it's like smart campaigns. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. I'm with you. It sounds scary. I had the same reaction. And the idea of not even optimizing your budget, okay, across campaigns is one thing, but across platforms, that's crazy. Nonsense. So advertisers can choose to build their own ads, use automated ad copy, or modify auto ad suggestions. I do kind of like that, that you can see their recommendations for ad copy and then make adjustments if you want to. Like maybe it could get your gears turning. 
that's okay, but I don't like the idea of just using automated ad copy. Don't do that, people. So this just sounds crazy and terrible. If you don't have time or resources to set up and manage campaigns or write your own ad copy, I would just say just don't or focus on one thing that you can handle. But I will say the organic social media management could be cool. So you can manage up to 10 profiles on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you have this social inbox where you can reply, like, and DM users on those networks. And the report section shows impression, engagement, and audience growth across the channel. So if you're interested in trying the pilot for this, use at your own risk. Sounds a little scary for the paid stuff, but we will have a link in the show notes for where you can sign up. And next up this week, there is a new licensing program from Google to help support the news industry. And this came out of left field, at least to me yesterday when it was announced. But Google has a program that will pay publishers for high quality content for a new news experience launching later this year. And the program will help anybody that's a participating publisher to monetize their content. So essentially Google will be paying publishers in exchange to use their content, which Google has always said, had the angle, I guess, of saying, well, by us surfacing your news, us sending traffic, in turn, you can go get the subscriptions yourself. So this is a pretty big reversal, just a role reversal that they have. And the article is very fluffy about, we need to help the news publishing you know, industry here, which I mean, you kind of ruined it, Google. <laughs> so there's not a ton of information yet as to what, who's gonna be involved, who's eligible, who's not. They're starting with partnerships that they have in Germany, Australia, in Brazil, which usually it's the US first and like the UK, but apparently they're going down under to do that. Also, where available, Google will offer to pay for free access to users for anything that's paid articles, like behind a uh, paywall, essentially. So a paywalled publisher can grow those audiences by getting people to their site, to seeing the quality content that would be behind the paywall and the users win as well. So I guess kind of everybody wins here. Do you guys pay to subscribe to any publishers? I no, but I have, I've like signed up for sites that'll let you read like so many articles for free if you just give them your info. Yeah. Like I think it's the New York Times says that, but then they, you know, email you constantly and say, just give us a dollar. And I feel bad, but I don't give them a dollar. You can send me as many spam emails as you want, but like, I'm just not going to pay for it. There's other ones that I can get for free. What about you, Greg? No, I don't. I don't. I, I pay for some podcasts, but no actual news. I, <laughs> I think I can get enough of the scoop and I've got ways to get news. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds cooler than it probably is. Yeah. It's just like, let's look, I don't know. There, there are some ways you can, like if you're at one of the business first ways, it's, it's in the source code. I don't know. Anyway, the tweet from Sundar Pichai announcing this said, for decades, we have worked with publishers to grow audiences and build value. We continue that process today with the introduction of a licensing program to pay publishers for high quality content. My question is, how do you know what's high quality? Like clearly marketing clock here, not high quality, but like what about search engine journal? You might be like, oh, marketing clock, no. Is search engine journal high enough quality? Yeah, yeah. I could see that being a big issue if you're paying to include new sources for some and then 
other folks aren't eligible, right? Like I could see this being a big problem where maybe people are looking at this and it's skewing one way or another way, or you're helping to support, you know, sites that you deem to be high quality and not others that other folks deem to be high quality. That's the one thing that's a little bit murky for me with this whole thing is who's making that call on quality. And like you're telling people to make high quality sites, but then you're also like encouraging them to just use AMP for mobile. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah. And to be clear, Sundar's tweet was about high quality content. So this is all going to be rolling out on Google News and on Discover to drive people to that site. And that's, again, something to that everybody should be aware of by now. We've been talking about it for a long, long time. Google is working to build their Discover. There's the new Publisher Center. We'll link to it in our show notes over at Marketing Clock if you want to hear about the launch of that program. Anybody can get in. It's easy. It's free. It's really nice. It's better than Bing's. So check that out and, and don't sleep on Discover. All right. Our next story is from Lori Sullivan at Media Post. Google's got a new app called Keen, which lets users curate and share content they found around the web while discovering new content related to their interests. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Are they trying to make social happen again? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds a lot like Pinterest too, which is what most of the articles on this, they're like, oh, Google's making a Pinterest clone. And I was fully prepared to tear this apart and say the exact same thing. There's also Tangy to worry about now too, because that's a thing. Did they cancel that yet? Or is that still around? Not yet. I mean, we'll check back next week. (laughs) It's only six days in at this point. Yeah. We've got Tangy and we've got Keen, which are whatever. We won't even get into that. We could make a Venn diagram probably, but I don't know if it's Lori's beautiful writing or just the obscene amount of coffee that I've had today. But as I was reading this article, I converted, like I've been to, I'm really into this keen. I'm keen on it, if you will. And <laughs> Lori, she starts with a nice anecdote about how the Android co-founder CJ Adams and his wife started sharing links with each other about things on the internet that brought them joy, like bird watching, which I thought was really sweet. So then you fast forward to an app that lets people collaborate with others by sharing content. Again, you kind of get the Pinteresty vibe and that's lovely. You know, I, I understand the history behind it is a nice story, but the reason that I like this and why it's something that we probably all need to ship I will just quote the article. Lori says, it's about sharing a person's passion with the world, cute, which provides Google with clues about people's interests that prompt searches. So Greg, I think when we were talking about Tangy, you alluded to this last week and getting some social signals in there. This could be huge if Keen takes off, for sure. No, I was down on Tangy. I right. was but saying Keen is that, different. Yes, this is what they should do instead of telling you that you go out and you network and you befriend somebody and you're able to do a high quality blog post, high quality, and you can go put that on. And then you have to use a sponsored link, even though you're not getting paid for it. That's when I said they should make social signals better. Well, either way, social signals, Keen is, well, it's here. I don't know if it's here to stay, but I think it's something worth considering. And it could be really good from an advertising perspective and also an organic. We're not really sure how they're going to use that. If at all, Google, I don't think Google's really said anything about it, but it could be, could be great. You need people to sign up still. And who's, I just don't get what need this fulfills. We have Pinterest. Yes, but yeah. this lets you curate and share. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> I can't think of a reason to use this. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. And then, I mean, could they just come up with a name that wasn't such low-hanging fruit for all your terrible puns? I mean, no. just give me a break. 
I could, I could pun anything. If I have time to prepare, I can pun anything. So challenge Google, come up with a better name and I'll, I'll still do it. Next up, Spotify is testing a new feature called in-app offers. Instead of reading an ad and telling users to remember a code or URL, for example, optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O.com forward slash S-E-J. There'll be a new section of the episode page called episode sponsors. I think this is just genius. So you click on the episode you're listening to and you scroll through the sponsors. It has a link right there. You click on it. So this example here is for last podcast on the left and they're sponsored by Harry's. Do you guys listen to last podcast on the left at all? No. They're like these three dudes. It's like, I go through phases with it because it's like really good, but then they just get like a little too much. But they're really, really smart. They do like more true crime research than anyone else you know. These episodes are so long, but they're also just like crazy and so dirty. And it's just a little too much for me. But they have this other one they're testing it with. It's in German and it's called Herengedeck, which means men's place setting. And they're sponsored by HelloFresh. So if you listen to Herengedeck in Germany and then you scroll down, you could get some like nice groceries. And you don't have to remember a code or anything like that. Like, why didn't we think of this forever ago? It's going to change podcasts. It's awesome. I like how they're matched up. And I can only imagine the sponsors for your true crime shows. Like, what well, is it? Like, this one's It's shaving. Oh. Kind of. It's razors. That's Women a bad can match. Use razors too. No, men's play setting is HelloFresh. Yeah, I was wrong. Forget but, it. What is men's play setting about? Like, I'm dying. Can somebody translate into German. Like I tried to put the whole description into Google Translate and it made absolutely no sense. I think that's one of those translations that doesn't work word for word. You need like, it, like it probably means men at the table or something like guys having dinner and they're just like shooting, shooting the heck, which is our thing, but maybe that's what they're doing. Or could it be some kind of like cotillion, like how to be proper podcast place setting? No. <laughs> if that's the case, you ain't eating hello fresh. <laughs> All right. Next up. There was a lot of hullabaloo over the new version of Mac OS nicknamed Big Sur. When I saw Big Sur trending, I'm like, oh, Big Sur is cool. I hope it didn't burn down. But Apple named their new <laughs> OS Big Sur. What is that? It's Why'd they do that? I don't know. Big, Big Sur is really cool. I, the place? Yes. But I don't know about the <laughs> OS, okay? I don't know about that. Anyway, there was a rumor going around and i'm calling it a rumor because it's not true and benedict evans had put out a tweet saying that apple is blocking google analytics entirely a lot of people ran with it, even search engine journal and there was an article on the journal that said apple safari to block google analytics from collecting data so if you saw that and if you shared it like i did with before i read it fully and consumed everything it's something that's really scary but everybody's analytical hero, Simo Ahava, has come to the rescue and calmed everyone's fears. So the new Safari on Big Sur is not going to be blocking analytics. It is going to be blocking third-party tracking and some cross-domain stuff. So it's not what the headlines read. And I just want to make that, that clear out there. So to give some specifics, the intelligent tracking prevention in Safari 14, which is included in this Big Sur, is not completely blocking analytics. Don't know if I can make that more clear. Instead, it's kind of like clickbait, all these headlines. Well, it's, it's, sure. it's like clickbait, but wrong. 
It's not, they're not blocking. They're not blocking. No, I feel them. like clickbait's always wrong. They're all, they always like make it seem like it's a bigger deal than it is. Yeah, you never actually find out why nobody's hiring uh, what's-his-face anymore. Shoot, that joke's going to fall flat. What, who am I thinking of? Tarzan, the mummy. Bill Collins? <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not Tarzan. Go to the jungle. What Phil is Mickelson. No, Greg, you know the guy. He's in Monkey Bone. Why can't I think of his name? Polly I Shore. don't know that Brendan guy. Fraser. Well, why aren't they hiring him? I don't know. We'll never but know because the clickbait doesn't tell Shop, I, what I think the, the main takeaway is, is that was a, such a nice compliment to Ellen Woods, Nordegren. What's Tiger Woods' uh, wife's name? Because you said, they said she's so ugly now and you're saying it's, it, it's untrue. So that, I'm going to take that as positive that you gave Ellen a nice compliment. Okay, right? she's not Person, ugly now. Yeah, I, I can't take credit because Jess actually did the deep dive. Not only is she the farthest <laughs> thing from ugly, she's also 10 years younger than the article said. They said she's almost 50. She is 40 years old, like freshly 40. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm like 10 years off. Anyway, the privacy report feature is reflecting that the cookies and cross-site scripting requests in Google Analytics won't be loaded. So third parties, cross-site scripting is going to be blocked by Safari 14. So just want to make that clear. Don't worry. Don't fret. It's all just clickbait. It's incorrect. All right, last up here in the main news, TikTok launches TikTok for business for marketers and takes on Snapchat with new AR ads. This is from TechCrunch. The new TikTok for business platform will house all current and future marketing solutions for brands so that they can, quote, grow your audience, grow your brand, make graphs go up, which I love. <laughs> That's so TikTok. When I saw this, I was just thinking, TikTok for business? Like I just imagine, and Hope, we need Hope on this. Hope, are you using TikTok currently? Yes, this week I downloaded it again. You're back on. Are you doing yes. any good little singy song dances or no? Me and my friend are actually learning a new dance and it's probably taking me three days to learn it. Okay, well, here's wow. the good thing. My, my instant thought was there's probably, to get into this club, you have to do like dances, but for business songs, right? What so, are business, business songs? songs. What? Well, Hope, what Nine song to five. Are, what song Ooh. are you what song are you learning your dance for, Hope? Um, so do you remember that girl who went on Dr. Phil and was like, Meet me outside? She's she yes. was 14 years old. Yeah, so she's a rapper now. And bad she, Bobby. She has some bad fatty bad or something. She has some baners, so I'm learning a dance to one of her raps. Okay, so instead of body bit body or whatever, <laughs> baddie bad baddie body. Yeah, instead I think of that. So. I imagine anybody that gets into TikTok for business is like, the first thing is we need that dance for money by Pink Floyd. You know? Like I don't the, know that song. I don't think song. the kids know that, right? Money, money, money. Okay. Oh, Maybe Pink like, Floyd? Really? Yeah. It is? Yeah. yeah Isn't yeah. that the song that they used on The Apprentice or something? Yeah, the current yeah. president's old reality show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I can imagine- Pink Floyd was like more rock and roll than that. They are. I can't believe that's them. They're so okay. much cooler than that song. I got some more. I got some okay. more. What if it okay, was good. Taking Care of Business by Bachman Turner Overdrive? Yes. Get right? out of you here. get the dance for that and you're like, oh, Gary taking would care have of business. Such good dances to take. And so care then I was thinking about it and I thought about this right before the show yesterday. And so I'm, I, I started talking to Mark and he went bananas. And Mark came up with, I think, the best, the best dance song for anybody on TikTok for business. Lover boy working for the weekend. 
Yeah. Oh, that song I can get behind. I like yeah. Do you want me to keep going with what Mark gave me? He gave me a lot of, lot okay. of gems. Yes. Yeah, this yes. is great. Everybody Wants to Rule the World. That's a good one. Oh, Tears for yeah. Fears. I mean, depending on what your job is. <laughs> and he had a dance for the Boomtown Rats. I don't like Mondays. We need to add nine to five. Dolly yeah, Parton, nine to five. Mark okay. had that. Don't worry, Shep. We Can Work It Out by Stevie Wonder. Break My Stride. That'd be a good one. Work by Rihanna. <laughs> work from home by fifth harmony yeah. dirty work by Celia. he was going all uh, money maker by Ludacris. but that's what we need the business tiktok dances and thank you to mark for supplying some of those yeah no i i like that a lot i i don't know i don't know but we'd have to make up the dance right like we business that. folk have to make no. up the dance for people to learn who's gonna dance to that no you're gonna have people like the washington post a newspaper trying to be cool on tiktok and it's annoying Okay, I guess you're, you're not cool enough for You're not cool enough for this. How dare you? Oh, I can't even. Anyway, guys, if you want to play with this, if you want to try and create a dance that Hope will learn, the platform is live already, so you can create an account and start playing around. And just to cover that Snapchat bit um, from the title, they have a new AR effect that they're launching with this as well. It's called Brand Scan. It's similar to the, the Snapchat-sponsored lens offering. So it's something if you want to get in touch with the kids, you could play with it. Check it out. Let us know how it is. Hope we'll download it next week and, and then delete it. Right. Meet you outside. <laughs> Meet you outside. Oh, her name's Bad, Bad ba Babby, Bad Baddie. I, I said know. that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I had to look it up. <laughs> now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take of the week comes from Lindsay Casey, at Lindsay Casey on Twitter. Simple handle. And she writes, consistently amazed at how little the people who work for Google know about Google. Hashtag PPC chat. I love this. And sometimes- Hashtag truth. <laughs> hashtag truth. She forgot a hashtag. You don't need a long, you don't need a long take to get on here because that is preach. Preach, yeah. Lindsay. It did kind of make me feel bad about myself though, because I like took my car to get something fixed for some recall yesterday. And then somebody asked me what the recall was, and I said, I don't know. <laughs> is that as bad? Well, what was it? I'm I'm sure you looked it up now. No, I didn't. <laughs> but you're not the one telling you about the recall, right? Yeah, but somebody told me and I was just like, okay, so it's free? Great. Was it free? Yeah. Oh, good. But then there, there were other things that I had to pay for. Um, I don't want to talk about that's, that. That's what happened. That's the trick. Come mm -hmm. on in for the recall. We yeah, need to exactly. uh, kick the tires quick here. Yeah, oh. we had to have a conversation here about how you don't just buy the first tires they offer you. And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. This week's I See Why Am I comes from Julie Bikini at Neptune Moon on Twitter. She said, hey, Google Ads, turns out with your new can't just fully exclude apps or YouTube policies, 10,000 exclusions per campaign is not sufficient. Please fix this. My clients are wasting money. We'll recommend doing remarketing on Facebook instead. This is just so true. They... Since I've been digital marketing, it's not that long. They've changed how you can exclude apps like four times and they just keep making it harder and harder and harder. We have a blog post on it. We keep having to update it and it's very annoying. 
Shep, you might not have been in digital, digital marketing that long, but you're really rising up. One might even say Thanks, a rising Greg. star. But yeah, why not just exclude all the apps? Why wouldn't you do that? If you're trying to make the best product, why wouldn't you do that? They'd be losing money on the um, irrelevant clicks, I guess. Too easy. I know. But you're going to make Google ads worse for people. And then Julie, hopefully, puts every, all those dollars over on Facebook. I hope you're happy. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. This week's paid lightning round is brought to you by Optio. Optio is your go-to tool for Google Ads management. If you don't have a best friend, you're a little bit lonely, quarantine's got you down, have no fear. Optio is here. And Optio can give you alerts, email you about all of your accounts, what's happening, where there's drops, where there's spikes, improvements that you can do to actually improve performance. Optio is our go-to tool here at Cypress North, our agency, and it should be your go-to tool as well. Shep, how do you use Optio? So we make a lot of comparisons to Optio and the Google Ads recommendations because it's just too hard not to because they're both making recommendations for your account, but Optios are actually in your best interest and the Google Ads recommendations just aren't usually. Don't get us started. But anyway, another great thing about it is they then when they make a recommendation, they have great explanations about why they're doing it and how it's going to help you. And then if you don't implement a recommendation for whatever reason, you can give them feedback about why it doesn't make sense for your account, why you disagree with it. They're really looking for people's feedback and always looking to improve the product, which I think is amazing. And I really appreciate it. To learn more and get a six week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O.com forward slash S-E-J. And first up in the paid universe this week, Florian Litterist. I think I said that correctly. Go to our show notes to follow him on Twitter because that's where we found this. He shared new custom audiences based on people who interacted with your Facebook or Instagram shop. We talked about those new shops on the show not too long ago, and they already have audiences for remarketing, which is amazing. And it's a pretty blurry image, but I zoomed in and like really hurt my eyes. And it looks like you can target or exclude people who viewed products, added them to your cart, or purchased products. So yeah, and we're seeing that especially knowing that there's going to be a crackdown on some of these cookies, right? And so if you're on the social network itself, and you're consuming product and can looking at the shopping cart, that's cool. That's never going to go away. So it's really cool. We talked about LinkedIn doing this. I love it. Good point. I didn't even think about it with cookies. More reasons to check out on Facebook. And another quick update that we found on Twitter, you may remember us talking about LinkedIn's engagement retargeting on a recent episode. Welp, Mark on our team got a chance to try this and found out that unlike Facebook's lead forum and video audiences, LinkedIn's version is static and will not automatically update. So if you want to use the LinkedIn engagement audiences, just a heads up, you'll have to update them on a regular basis to get new users added to that audience, which is a huge bummer. But if you want more great updates like this, you can follow Mark at Mark underscore from underscore MKTG, Mark for Marketing, or you can follow us, Cypress North. We try to tweet little tips like this that we get in our marketing meeting every week. So check us out. And next up, Instagram will now allow new advertisers in select regions to create Instagram ads 
without linking to a Facebook page. This is actually a really big change. So this doesn't mean you can disconnect your Facebook page from Instagram if you're already advertising. It's only for new users. So maybe not a lot of listeners to our show, but if you get new clients and you don't want to set up a Facebook, just Instagram, it's good to know. And advertisers who have access to this can simply go to their Instagram profile, tap the post that they'd like to promote and hit promote. Then you fill, fill in details about your promotion by setting things like destination, your destination URL, audience, budget, and duration. So it seems super easy to set up. And it's crazy that they went back on something that they said they were never going to change. Kind of reminds me of like the vanilla frosty. They always said they would never change it from chocolate and I will never order one. Did they change it or they have both? They have both. both. Oh. But I'm offended by the question when they ask me in the drive-thru if I want chocolate or vanilla. Like, don't even ask. Well, I want strawberry and they don't have that, so. They have coffee Frosties too now. <gasps> what are, are they, Arby's? Oh, dad. Wendy's dad, Dave, would be rolling in his grave. Dave Thomas? Is that his name? Yeah. <laughs> I just know it's Dave. He said never. Well, we need chocolate. You think Wendy did it? Oh, of course. Who do you think did it? The cat? I, I, I don't think there's a Wendy's cat. It's just the only, the only person that could have done it is Wendy Thomas. Oh, she in charge now? I, I didn't think it was that simple, but that's a good strategy. Just I'm just picturing her with those braids, like an evil grin. Maybe it's the colonel. Crept on over, tried to mix it oh, up. Oh, no. Caused trouble. Shenanigans. <laughs> These are some big conspiracy theories happening. Okay, we have more news from Cypress North. We're just breaking it left and right this week. So Cole on our team, CJ Soulwish on Twitter. We're going to have to go to the show notes for that one. <laughs> LinkedIn ads added more granular control to website-based remarketing. So word and string targeting can be added instead of just a list of URLs. So you can target users who visited a URL that starts with whatever, cypressnorth.com slash whatever, and then also contains specific words or phrases. So more granularity there, always nice. My arms are like crazy if you're not watching YouTube. I need to stop. Yes. We're going to have to put something at cypressnorth.com slash whatever. Just I was thinking the same thing. There. It should just be Shep's arm going, <laughs> like, going in circles. Yeah. Well, I was doing the slashes with my arm. Oh, yeah, what? it's perfect for podcasts. Hulu has a new ad unit called Gateway Go Ads. I think that's kind of hard to say. And I read it as get away, go. <laughs> Hopefully not. Because I'll get to, it kind of works. I'll get to it in a minute. But then Jess would call it like, go on, get. <laughs> get, <Wow. that's>, <laughs> get. <laughs> She says that all the time. Do you? Do I? <laughs> I thought so. I mean, I do, but I didn't know that I ever said it in front of you. I thought it was just like something at home. <laughs> I she literally workers. read this, and Scram. the first thing I thought of was just saying, go on, kid. I'm okay. so glad that right, I touched well, your life. Yeah. That's a better name. We're going to call it uh, Go On Git. How about go that? Go on now, Git. It's G-I-T, in case you're wondering. Oh. Not the yeah. real ad unit, my version. So when a user sees one of these ads during their show, it will include an option to receive more information or offers delivered to their phone or tablet via push notification email or QR code, and then you can go and get the item on your phone away from the TV. And next up, Andrew Hutchinson from Social Media Today, who's actually a power source from the show. We cite him quite a bit. 
he noticed a lot more ads in his Twitter feed lately. So he went straight to the, the source as he does is ad Hutchinson on Twitter and asked Twitter what is happening. And um, Twitter was basically useless. They had a long quote, but part of it was, we are constantly innovating and testing and will continue to adapt as we learn. Like they just didn't say anything, but basically it seems like they're upping their ad load probably because they lost ad revenue due to COVID-19 and they're trying to make up for it. And Andrew's letting us know. Thanks. Andrew, at Hutchinson, I think you're the only way we're actually gonna get to at Jack. And instead of adding more ads, they should give advertisers better control so they can charge more for ads. That's all people want. It is criminal. Your ad system is criminal. Maybe we need to voice tweet that over to ad Jack. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, Betty, listen, that's a great idea. And Google will see its first US ad revenue drop in its history, according to a new report from eMarketer. So net US ad revenue will decline from decline by 5.3% early in the year. They were predicted to have a 13% growth. So that's even more sad. And the report goes on to say that ad revenue is expected to grow for the rest of the year, but not as fast as the previous year. So I would add um, my favorite Bitmoji of myself playing like some kind of horn instrument. And it says, womp, womp. Um, Tuba? But I don't have the, <laughs> is it Tuba? I think so. Well, I don't know, because I don't have the Chrome connection to Bitmoji anymore, and it's just been paralyzing all week. It's terrible. And next up, 21 gets another one. At Stephen Johns 21 spotted new extension reporting in Google Ads. So if you click on the extensions tab in a campaign, it has this new view, at least for him, that breaks down clicks and impressions based on the type of extension. He points out that there's no conversion info in this yet. So, I mean, semi-useless, that's a huge bummer. But it also has definitions of the extensions for anyone who can't always keep them straight or as Steven calls them in this tweet, novices. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Although you should, if you're doing extensions, you should know what they are. I'm with yeah. Steven. And finally here in paid, Tanner Schroeder at Tanner Schroeder on Twitter shared Amazon advertising is rolling out manager accounts that will allow you to link and view performance metrics for multiple advertising accounts in a single dashboard instead of having to jump around. So this is great. Tanner says bless with four S's. And I'm saying the same thing because um, that's the last of our paid news finally. And our organic lightning round is brought to you by Ahrefs. And Ahrefs is your go-to tool for anything to do with the health of your site or other sites out there. That's the best part. You can spy, you can sneak, you can find out what is making your competitors tick, and then you can talk three minutes, you got that dance down, and we are cooking. But one thing I love about Ahrefs is they have some of the best content from a marketing tool out there. And just this week, Tim Solo, the founder of Ahrefs, talked about why they spent what, what, they just redid their homepage that we talked about last week, and they redid the copy. Shep, what's a guess on how much you think they spent on the copy for the new site? Oh my God, I'm terrified. I have no prices, idea. No prices right rules, just closest wins. Shep, what's your guess? So it's like a one-time thing. Somebody homepage wrote the copy. copy. Yep. Five grand? Jess, what do you say? 25 grand. Jess is closer, but still under. Tim spent $33,115 on the home 
page copy, and he's got a video as to what he learned. It's part of the reason Ahrefs is so great. They tell you what they're doing, and they show you how to win, or at least how to spend, you know, 33 grand on, on copy. Jess, how do you use HRFs? <laughs> so we could talk all day about how awesome of a tool HRFs is on its own, but something we haven't mentioned, and we've been talking about them a lot, is the fact that they play so nicely with some other great tools as well. So if you're a WordPress user, for example, there's an Ahrefs plugin that helps you perform content audits and monitor backlinks right within WordPress, which is neat. If you use Screaming Frog and you can connect it with your Ahrefs subscription and pull backlink metrics from Ahrefs right into Screaming Frog alongside the crawl data, which is great if you're doing like a quick bulk check with a huge list of pages. There's just, there's infinite things you can do with it. It's not just these two integrations. Those are just two really good examples. Ahrefs connects with a whole slew of other apps and tools. So there's just so much you can do with it. The subscription is worth every penny and it goes beyond the Ahrefs tool itself. You can use Ahrefs data in other great tools that are available, something you're probably already using. So it's really awesome. Great. And Shep, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I think for that one, the homepage, we might've been able to bring it in at $32,000. Like we probably could have saved him $1,115. I don't know. Shep, you do a lot of the writing for us here, copywriting, but yeah, we probably could have pulled it off. Yeah, we, we could have. But the good news is you listening right now can check out Ahrefs for just $7 for seven days. It's, let me quick do the math, a dollar a day to get Ahrefs and see the power that's happening. All right, Greg, what is going on in organic this week? All right, so first up this week, a former Google executive is taking aim at his old company with a startup. And Sridhar Raswami once ran Google's $115 billion advertising arm, but it grew disillusioned. And I would too. They talk about in the New York Times article, there was the creepy 2017 YouTube issue where there were like children that were scantily clad that YouTube was monetizing. And at that point, Sridhar had said, I'm out. And he went on to say, I'm going to make a search engine that is not ad supported. And again, this is called Navir. And he says, with search engines traditionally today in the ads, it's a slow drift away from what is the best answer for the user and how we surface it. As a consumer product, the pressure there is to show ads. The less useful, the long-term product becomes. And this new product is no ad supported, and right now you're going to have to pay for it. You can sign up for a beta that's free for the end of the year, but that's the thought process is you can get a search engine, you don't get ads, but you pay. And then the New York Times reached out to Google and said, like, what do you think about this, Google? There's a lot of smoke coming your way. And they said, we did a study, and people find relevant ads and offers extremely useful. So Google says, weird that they are, are pro-ad, but there's no price yet for it. You can go sign up to be a beta. It's neeva.com. And hopefully, he says, the monthly subscription cost will be $10 or under the more they bring up. That still seems like a lot. I mean, would you turn in your Spotify subscriptions for Neva? No, no, sorry. All right. And I wouldn't say I find ads extremely useful, but they've been, they can be useful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it, did they pull advertisers? Because they're extremely useful to us. <laughs> yeah, and as hashtag team paid, I hate this. But yeah. as hashtag team transparent, I save it. Like, hey, you're trying. 
again, I think, I think so there have been some good progressions, right? We've talked about it. Google Shopping as a paid-only resource was terrible. It didn't make any sense. It was awful, and they've changed that. And I think having everything so ad-driven is a problem. And I use Google Shopping now, and I think in general, if you can make ads less intrusive, but also really helpful, and you can give advertisers options, that's what everybody wants. So maybe it'll have Google dial it back a bit. Is that what you're saying? But I'm not going to pay for it. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I pay for very few things. You pay for Spotify. You pay for free songs that you have free access to. How I pay you? for Spotify, but I have signed up for so many free trials of Fubo TV and YouTube TV. It's really criminal. Next up, Google is adding fact check label to image search results. And this is a funny tweet from Danny Sullivan on his at search liaison handle where he said, is that image of a shark swimming down a street in Houston real? Google images now has fact check labels to help inform you in some cases like this. No, it was not real. Did anybody think that there was actually a shark in Houston when the floods happened? This is another clickbait thing. People actually thought that was real? Like Houston isn't on the water. It's like inland a bit. I didn't even hear about this. Aquarium sharks just escaped. And you thought that was real? Do people think it's real? I I didn't. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, the fact check label is going to only appear on select images and comes from an independent authoritative source on the web. And it's not exactly known what's going to get labeled and what isn't, but hey, whatever. It's fine. Take the fun out of a shark in downtown Houston. Fine, Danny. Fine. I wonder if Jess's food products will get labeled. My food products? <laughs> your food products that you always send, your fake, what was the cold fish one? Um, old fish? Old fish. Yeah, it's Worst Buy. It's an account you can find on all the social media and they alter food labels, but it's to be funny. It's a parody. So I don't know. Like, yeah, at what point do you draw the line? I don't know. Well, it's old fish was really funny. We should I put it I in the show notes. think of another example. Does anybody know, quick fact, the name of the fish, the goldfish fish? Henry? Now? No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Finn. Finn. Finn the goldfish. Oh. Do you know him? Are you related? I'm related, yes. <laughs> yeah, on my mother's side. Loosely related. <laughs> no sense. Make any sense. <laughs> anyway, next up, over at Sterling Sky, they have a study that talks about how much keywords in a business name impact local search rankings. So this isn't in a description. This isn't anything but putting a term in a name. And the results are astounding. Somebody should go look at the graph and charts they have. Because if you, and the, the article is really funny. And this was Joy Hawkins who put this together. And she said, to help illustrate how much adding keywords to your business name and Google My Business Impacts rankings, I'll share a test we did last year. We experimented on a listing for a restaurant that did not have a salad bar. They didn't even have a website and there was literally no mention of their brand anywhere else online. All we did is add the word salad bar to their business name inside the Google My Business dashboard. Then a few days later, we deleted the words. We waited and add them back. And you can see it spikes when they put salad bar in the company name. They remove it and it's gone. Wow, the power of a salad bar. Yeah. The, the power of most kale. boring anything. I don't know. Ruby Tuesday used to have a really good one. Wasn't that, what's her name? Rachel Dratch was doing those commercials and she was like singing about a salad bar. And I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I don't love her. And I want to. She's quirky, but she's not funny. That's a hot take. She is, 
She's Debbie Downer. So it's I don't, people I don't know like you're her. talking about. She was good on Billy on the Street. She did one of his obstacle courses. That was funny, but that's about it. She used to be on Rachel SNL. Dratch? You know no. her. You don't know that you know her, but you know her. Oh. Oh. She's no, no, no. <laughs> in the Ruby Tuesday commercials. For oh, Sally from Ruby Bar. Tuesdays. I was just there the other day, chowing down at the buffet, mask on, fantastic. I don't think you that's not. true. No, it's fake. But they had a really good salad bar with like nice cottage cheese. You could just stuff it on. That's I don't disgusting. need cottage cheese from buffet. No. I am not spooning cottage cheese onto my plate. No. Mm-hmm. Dis- no. You just Ugh. put it in the corner and then you eat it by itself was like the best part oh, of the salad bar. You no. gotta give a spoiler alert if you're gonna say that. How dare you? Oh <laughs> Ruby you don't Tuesday. Like cottage cheese? Open not air cottage, cottage cheese. cheese. <laughs> Public open air cottage cheese. It was on ice. Oh, Ew! I just, <laughs> just picture you dipping your finger in. Yep. Yeah, from the cottage. Let's go. On ice like a dead fish at the market. Oh. Like that doesn't sell it oh. at all. It was good. I don't know if I can continue here. Anyway, <laughs> the Google Assistant and Duplex may soon be calling local businesses to check for inventory availability. Let's say. You want to go to your local Ruby Tuesday. Check to see how cold the cottage cheese is. You might not have to call because Google will do it for you. And then a little machine dip check. Yep, it's cold. It's good. <laughs> I never stuck Let's my go. bare finger in the cottage cheese. You're acting like I'm the reason COVID started. There <laughs> <laughs> was a ladle. Oh, so you just drip the ladle in. That's what she did. Yep, ladle. Perfect. Anyway. No. Google will be auto machine calling human beings to see about certain items. And it's something that was spotted in the wild. So if you want to check about business hours or the status of in-demand inventory, uh, a duplex will be able to do that. And I, I hate this. If I'm employing human beings, don't call them with robot. Google, you want to call them with your own human beings? Good. Call away. Fine. But don't use robots to waste my employer's time. No way. And like, nobody's going to listen. They're going to take one listen for two seconds, know it's a robot and hang up. I don't know. Do you hear that one from Ireland before? I, we think that they might actually have been human, but that's pretty good. It's pretty good. And if Is somebody calls up, robot? yeah. And if you call up, what are you going to do? Be like, F you, you're a robot. And you just lost <laughs> a customer. That cottage cheese will not be eaten, Shep, if you do that. <laughs> <Stop. laughs> All right. <laughs> And next up, Google is having tappable Street View annotations. And it's sort of like augmented reality for Street View. And this is super cool. Head on over to marketingclock.com. Check out the show notes. And you can see what they're doing. Now there's going to be in Google Street View, a store in front of you. And there's a number. You can click on it and see everything about the store. And this is kind of where, obviously, Google Maps has been going. They bought Zagat back in the day. That's why they're pushing reviews so hard. And you're going to be able to to walk down the street and just see what's around and then hit a button and get information. This is, I think, augmented reality done well. Boom. And then this one, there's like Pizza W in the example. And you go, Pizza W, boom. Pizza OK, cottage cheese bar, on point. (laughs) They need this, but they need to hook up with Zillow. Because Ooh. I always like, we're going on our walks around the neighborhood because there's nothing else to do. And we're like, oh, how much do you think that house is worth? 
and then you have to Google it, find it on Zillow, pull it up. That would be so nice if you could just look it up on Google Maps and be nosy about your neighbors. Yeah, because my you could favorite see, game. You can see previous purchases and everything. I, I, I love it, but that's augmented reality done in a helpful way. Shut. Is Zillow trying to hire you away? Is that what's happening? What? Because that's a great idea. Yeah, they really need to do that. I think about it all the time. And then we found this one house that doesn't really exist. What? Wait. What? Do tell. We walked by a house and I was like, how much do you think that house is worth? And it, it like looks weird. Like all the houses here were built in like 1920 something and they all look the same. And this one has more of a 70s vibe. It's like a ranch and it's bricks. Love. And we just did a ton of research to try to find the value of this home and when it was built and there's nothing. It doesn't exist. Did, have you tried to touch it? Maybe it's a hologram. <laughs> it's not on Google Maps and it's not on Zillow. It's Can we make Google a podcast Maps. about this? We need yeah. a podcast about this house. Get have you seen anybody go German in? Table guys. No, I've never seen anyone go in. The TV was on. That doesn't. What were they showing? Anything. The ring? I didn't look. I think it was the news. Okay. <laughs> and lastly, Google's got a bunch of new privacy information coming out. Location histories only go up to 18 months. It's auto turned off, but if you turn it on, you're going to have to request more. There's easier controls. You can do easier incognito mode on mobile. If you want incognito mode now, you can go to search and you can just uh, long press your profile picture and you'll get to incognito mode if you feel like it. Same with maps, a lot of cool stuff. And that's it for organic bud. What's happening in social. As the great Penny Lane would say, it's all happening, Greg. There's a lot of social news. There's always a lot of social news. First up, Twitter has officially released a new search feature. All users can now officially search for lists related to topics that they're interested in, which will make it easier than ever to discover new content. It is worth noting, however, that anyone can make a list, any user, but not all lists will show up via search, at least for now. Twitter said that, quote, the specific list suggestions you see are based on a mixture of who you follow, the things you and they tweet about, and the list you're currently following. And then they also said, at launch, we have a large selection of lists that have been reviewed or created by Twitter's own curation team. So social media today said that this curation helps just have more relevant, useful lists show up in the search results. And I'm sure that that's true. Call me sunshine and rainbows bud here though. I think it has more to do with the fact that people are just absolutely horrid and they don't want nasty lists showing up. So that's my theory. What are the nasty lists? <laughs> lists of Tiger Woods ugliest wives. <laughs> List of warmest cottage cheese. <laughs> the best buffets in town. Yeah, those are all PG examples. I just, I know that the internet's a, a bad place. So trying to keep it family friendly, I think Twitter is too. Next up, Facebook is filing lawsuits in both the US and Europe against companies that are using unauthorized software that violates its terms of service. So if you're into boring legal details, you can check out the link in the show notes for more information. But I just think this is a nice change of pace for Facebook that they're suing someone instead of being sued themselves. And next up is big news for our e-commerce listeners out there. Instagram is, in their own words, expanding access to Instagram shopping and increasing transparency for buyers and sellers. So they're adding some new rules, which you can read in the policy. But the big thing here is that they're trying to make it easier for folks to get on the platform, businesses to get on the platform while also improving communication. If you're rejected, they're going to explain why and do a better job of telling you how to either appeal that or make the changes you need to move forward. So love to see that. I can't wait to buy everything. Guys, big news, big, big news. LinkedIn stories have rolled out in Australia. And since I absolutely bombed at Aussie jokes last week, I'd like to use this opportunity to make up for it. And hopefully Please don't. This, no, Please I'm don't. doing it. I'm doing it because these are going to be higher quality puns. 
Oh my God. <laughs> Cronky. <laughs> what did you say? Your, your puns are my accents. I can't do accents. Did you and say I like cronky? Have cranky. How do you oh, say okay. Crankies. <laughs> Go on now and get. Anyway, <laughs> I guess we'll kangaroo the day another story about Australia comes up. It's not even something people say a lot. Rue the day? Sure they do. It's a common phrase. Nobody says anything like that. You can't get one past me. I wasn't Melbourne yesterday. Oh, I see what you did there. I got nothing. Terrible. Let's go play with our shrimp on the Barbie dolls. Cut all of this. Don't, it's gold. Here's some news from the desk of Jess Budd, as Shep likes to say. I got an email this week from Twitter stating that prior to May 20th, if you viewed your billing information on either ads.twitter.com or analytics.twitter.com, said billing information may have been stored in a browser's cache. They have no evidence that billing data was compromised, so that's good, but this is still problematic, obviously. Twitter has since resolved the issue. If you want more information, you probably got an email about this, so check your inbox or we'll have a, a screenshot of the email in the show notes at marketingclock.com. I guess the good news is, unfortunately, due to COVID, nobody was running ads from the public library. So we're probably okay. Maybe due to their horrible ad management platform. Speaking of COVID, LinkedIn has launched a U.S. recovery tracker. It measures various economic impacts of the pandemic and insights as to how they're changing over time. The initial data is really not uplifting at all, but it's a nice visualization. So check it out. It's useful for business owners. Another useful tool for business owners and businesses, Facebook has announced what they're calling the Summer of Support program, which is cute. It's a six-week series of free digital marketing courses. This is so stupid. Do you call it the Summer of Support? You're an ad platform. How about you make it the lifetime of support? Like we're well, here they, for you. They don't. They don't offer support unless you spend a time. I know. <laughs> I know. It's sad. Some people don't have support. Some people can't get anything. Summer support? Get out of here. Get lost. It's so arrogant. Give me a get, life. Like get, get, whatever you say, Jess. How about that? Get on. Get. Well, if you don't have a lot of in-house marketing resources and you don't know much about digital marketing, the courses actually seem useful. But I think for most of our listeners and people like us, it's probably, probably nothing. Finally, here in social, Brazil has suspended the WhatsApp payment service that we talked about last week that they just launched. So hopefully none of our users were banking on using that. Oh my God. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I will go first this week. I mentioned briefly last week that we're starting to see some Google Ads credits in our accounts and just something to think about. If you have any clients that turned off all their ads and all you were doing was PPC for them, before the pandemic hit, and then they turned off all their ads when it hit, it's a nice opportunity to reach back out. So check all those accounts. If you still have access, see if they got the credit and it's a good touch point to see if they wanna turn it back on. What about you, Jess? So for me, twice this week, I had relatively complex problems that I was trying to tackle at the end of the day. And just a, a friendly reminder, guys, if you have the opportunity to sleep on something and come back to it with fresh brains in the morning, definitely do it because in both these instances, it wasn't a rush to figure it out. I just, I started too late in the day. I thought I had the answer, but when I came back with fresh brains in the morning, I 
not only thought of something that I didn't think of the night before, but like had a way better solution. And it's just, if you have the luxury to sleep on something or to leave a problem and come back to it, I know that's not always the case. Some things need to be figured out ASAP, but just take a step back, work on something else, go to sleep, whatever time of day, you know, just give yourself the time to really think through problems. I feel like in our industry, it's just easy to expect things to be done ASAP. And if you have time to think through a problem, it's worth it. You'll probably come up with a better solution. And this week for me, something that was working good is the concatenate function on Google Sheets. We had a client where there's kind of the initial conversion that happens that we talked about in our breakfast and learned this morning where we have an application that's submitted, but we need to pass more information into this specific application. And we had uh, kind of almost like a homegrown version of a source medium and then more information. And with Google Sheets, you can combine cells by concatenating them. It's really easy. It's concatenate all caps and parentheses, and then you put everything in from the different cells, but it merges them all together and makes it super easy so that you don't mess anything up because it's very important that you don't. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. This week's WTH is an article from popular information called Facebook Creates Fact-Checking Exemption for Climate Deniers. And... Besides being a mouthful, that title, it is a little confusing. They should say climate change deniers because they're not talking about Greg who just tries to act like there's no such thing as weather and he never wants to talk about it. I'm with Casey Gillette on this. I am not a weather person. I don't care about the weather. Like, what am I going to do about it? How am I going to stop this? It's just a crutch. But I'm not going to stop it. I don't want the weather. Get rid of the weather. It's always there to talk about if you need it. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to talk about the weather. Nobody wants to talk about the weather. Get rid of it. I love this story. Get rid of the weather. Go on, get. So last year, Facebook partnered with an organization called Science Feedback to bring a t- in a team of PhD climate scientists to evaluate the accuracy of viral content. It sounds like such a thrilling job to have. <laughs> And Facebook has reportedly decided to allow its staffers to overrule the climate scientists and make any climate disinformation ineligible for fact-checking by deeming it an opinion. And I'm just picturing like the PhDs that they hired, you know, they're PhDs, they're geniuses, they've got like their big round glasses in my mind. They're just finding out that the Facebook staffers can just decide that anything that they say is wrong and they're just smarter than them. They're just like sipping on their scotch with one ice cube and it's winter wow. wherever they are and they're just really sad. I feel bad for these PhDs. Wow. You have developed a persona. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never been more glad not to have round glasses. <laughs> That's just what happens in my head. They're in like a dark library somewhere surrounded by leather books. Anyway, Facebook uses third-party sources like those PhDs for fact-checking. If a publisher has a dispute about a rating it receives on Facebook, it should, quote, reach out directly to the third-party fact-checking organization. The rating can only be removed by the organization that issued the fact-check, either because the fact-checker is convinced by the dispute or because the publisher corrected the misinformation. But this article is about the CO2 coalition, 
the climate change deniers, who published something. The PhD said it was false. And then the CO2 coalition went all Karen and wrote a letter directly to Mark Zuckerberg and somehow it got reversed, which I feel really bad about saying Karen all the time. I have this nice Aunt Karen. Um, she gives me all of her birch box, extra things that she doesn't use. She doesn't but. sound so nice. <laughs> doesn't sound so nice. But this is the problem when you start fact-checking things and you're a social network that can one user can poke another user and then all <laughs> of a sudden you're trying to decide what is real with the climate and change. Like this is what happens. This is the problem. How could – I don't think – people don't know a lot of stuff. Like science is like trying to like poke holes in a lot of things. And like now you're out there, the judge, jury, and executioner on what is real and what isn't. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Got to stick to whatever you say the rule is, but that's not what they're doing. All right. Now on to this week's grab bag. First up, we've got a shining star and PPC Hero announced a list of the top 25 most influential PPC experts of 2020. And maybe more importantly, some say, I've heard rumor oh, on the streets, please. the five rising stars of PPC. We've thankfully been able to interview some of the top 25 most influential PPC experts on this very show. Like specifically, we've had Akvila DeFazio on, Kirk Williams. We've had, oh yeah, Joe Martinez came on. He said his, what his, his DJ name was on this show. But I wanted to run through some of the five upcoming rising stars in PPC. One was Lars Matt, two, Mark Majerus. I'm gonna go to four, Kim Barrett, <laughs> and five, Dan Wardrobe. And number three, let me read this correctly here, quick. One second. Mm -hmm. Christine, aka Shep, Zernheld, a <laughs> rising star in PPC. Congrats. Cool. Yeah, Shep, thank you. Thank you to honor. anyone who voted for me. I it's, it's pretty cool. Thank you. My mom's very excited. Yes. Oh, you should tell the joke she made. Oh, well, she said I'm always in her top five. She has five kids. So. <laughs> All She's right. so well, funny. We are very proud of you, Shep. You are a rock star. And Thank next you. up is hashtag gamer life. And this comes from the Robin Lord. And there is a game, the first and only slasher themed text-based regex learning game. You guys are gamers. Do you play this game? No. No, so but if, if it can help me learn regex, I am in because those well, are- Check it out. <laughs> I saw it. Super cool. Go on over to marketingclock.com. It'll be in the show notes if you want to learn regex yourself. And I'm going to go to show notes redacted next. And last week we talked about Avon New York's most famous export since Tom Wallace, Casey Gillette, the senior director of digital at the fabulous co-marketing who will be presenting at MozCon. And we were wrong. She won't be there. So <laughs> she's out on MozCon. So if we had you buy a ticket, I apologize because Casey won't be there. But the good news is Moz did up post their updated agenda and there are a lot of Mozers. If you like Moz, you're going to love this show. You can Moz yourself. Just lots of Moz. And then um, Will Reynolds is on there. He's going to be worth the ticket alone. So check that out. Will Reynolds does has got some really awesome stuff going on on the paid search side of things. So you still, your ticket's still worth it, but I apologize. Casey's out. And then Shep, anything else? Yes. We have extra, extra spice served up for you. If you guys don't follow Mark Saltarelli from our team at 
Mark underscore from underscore MKTG. He does amazing recaps of our show every week that are almost like more entertaining than the show. It's really great. Um, so last week, they're always like almost 20 parts and so in depth. Last week, my personal <laughs> favorite, we were talking about musicals a lot. It actually got me in trouble. He said, do you know what's really scary? Love Never Dies, the sequel to Phantom of the Opera. It's set in Coney Island. It's basically the same plot, has clowns, and makes zero sense. Worst musical ever. Shep, so, you got in trouble for your husband being scared of Phantom of the Opera? I guess I told the story wrong. I feel bad. I think it sounded good to me. Yeah, it was very entertaining, perhaps more than Love Never Dies. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is Blackbird, a site speed monitoring tool built specifically for e-commerce sites. So Blackbird tracks speed data from actual user visits and then compares conversion rate and other order data between users that have a slower experience and those with a faster one on your site. So this will help you use actual sales data, again, from your own site, to determine how much revenue could be gained by improving your site's load time. So it's really, really cool, really insightful, very powerful stuff. It's a brand spanking new tool, and it's launching soon. So if it sounds like something that you might need, head on over to tryblackbird.com and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's Must Read Marketing article of the week comes from a place we've been talking about down under, and it's Brody Clark on brodyclark.com, and he has a way to track featured snippets with Tag Manager. So if you see, we talked about it two weeks ago, where the clicks come down and are highlighted in yellow. And Brody has found a way to track that. He talks about how you get organized with everything you need, how to create a custom JavaScript variable within Tag Manager, how you can connect Analytics Tag with the Google Tag Manager custom dimension that's required. And then he talks about creating a new custom dimension in Google Analytics and then how you access the report. So if you want more good Aussie news, check it out over on marketingoclock.com. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you to our fabulous sponsors, Ahrefs and Optio. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com or if you wanted to share the news, head on over to YouTube, One Word Search Engine Journal. We've got all the main news stories in mini format and go subscribe over there. And whether you're on YouTube or marketingoclock.com, don't forget to subscribe to us so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. And Greg, what are we playing this week? Everybody's Everyone's- favorite game, <laughs> Shep. This week, it is Poke Holes in This, mm-hmm. where I've got ideas that are bulletproof. They're flawless, and it's your job, your task, to try to poke holes in my ideas. And first up, I was talking to my wife and my kids 
and I hadn't found a four-leaf clover in my life. And then I found one at my parents' house two weekends ago. So my thought was a GMO four-leaf clover. Poke holes in this. No. Why? So, then everyone can have one. It's not lucky. And where do you plant? Who would plant them? You can buy them. Plant them wherever you want. Sprinkle seed in your lawn. First of all, I have to say, you've brought up this four-leaf clover thing before, and it's like not that big of a deal. Like... <laughs> I don't even nobody, pay attention. Nobody else cares about four-leaf clovers except for you. So nobody's going to buy your GMO four-leaf clover. Yeah. I mean, I love how animated Shep got, but I, I don't hate looking for four-leaf clovers in the yard. <laughs> but I don't yeah. want the game ruined. Like, I want it to be natural when I find I have, one. I don't want someone to be like, I planted that for you. Like, that's cheating. I've never done that in my life. Never. Even as a kid, I don't go around the yard looking at four-leaf who cares? I have Did never you guys do seen... the buttercup thing. Yeah. Okay. Same yeah. thing. Same thing. People okay. really crawl in the grass analyzing for four leaf clovers. I did, and, and I found one, and I'm gonna clone it. I'm gonna clone it. Okay. <laughs> so nobody poked holes in that. So next up, <laughs> I've got an idea here. This is. Do you want one that's really refined, or do you want one that's a little bit more broad? <sighs> I want the garbage. I really, I don't care. Give us the refined first. Okay, so this is one that's amazing, right? So let's say that you're buying something online and it's being shipped via USPS. When it is delivered, technology now is good enough to let you know instantly when it's been delivered. When you get mail, okay? Everybody's home now. So I'm coming up with a system that ships one thing each day so that you get a notification on your phone when it's delivered and you can know with technology when your mail has been delivered to you. I feel so like you can, you can already do that. My dad works at the post office, I know. Also, look out the window Just and you can buy see one thing here. for a dollar a day. It's cheaper than Spotify. And then boom, you know oh, when mail comes. It's not cheaper than Spotify. Think about it. Yeah, what? I see what you mean now because you did a terrible job explaining it. So you're saying everyone should order one thing a day so that they get notified. Yes, but it's a service. Comes. It's a no. service. No, 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 no. Why don't Why? you just put a sensor in your mailbox that knows when someone's opened or closed it? That's too hard. You can just get... subscribe and boom, done. No. Get a ring video doorbell. What? Yeah, what are no. you giving me for a dollar a day? I don't, what is this? Because now I have all this junk and you hate junk. You're the one that said melt down all the plastic toys and turn them into something else. What do we do? What is the item? And what in reality, what's being delivered is a, a card that gives you a compliment. I just made that up on the fly. It's not junk anymore. You feel good. This is the worst. You know when your mail comes. No. You made a point to say this was happening while we're all at home anyway. I see the mailman walking in my flower bed every day after he delivers the mail. I know mm -hmm. he's here. Shots fired. Okay. <laughs> All right, next up. You guys hated my, my spray tan mask idea last week. So I've got a new one, right? Some people hate wearing a mask. So I've got a better idea. You won't need a mask anymore. What my idea is a tattoo parlor that tattoos a mask onto your face so it looks like you have a mask on. You know what? I hate tattoo this game so much. Yet. This is my least favorite <laughs> game that we play on the show. I'm so annoyed. Yeah. Come on, do I really have to dignify that with a response? These aren't even good ideas. You're just trying to annoy us with bad you're, ideas. You're just telling people to break the law and I'm spread so a disease. over this. I just want this show to end. I can't. It's okay. a terrible idea. Well, then I'm going to get rid of my next one here, which is called A Good Cult. 
Okay, we'll cross that one off. All right, but here's a good one, right? Here's a good one, okay? This one is a camera that is built in to the absolute center of your monitor. Instead of being high, instead of being low, there's going to be a one pixel blackout, but it's going to let the camera come in. So you're looking at your screen, you're looking at the camera, poke holes in this hope. That's not a good angle. Everybody knows that a good angle is pointing your camera up and going down. But you don't ever look at it when you're recording a podcast. That's fine. I don't like looking at cameras. And what about people who have two monitors? And you can put your laptop or computer anywhere that you want and mount it at any height. So does it really matter? Yeah, just get a higher chair. Right. I think that was the best one ever. No, it's a terrible <laughs> idea. And we will see you next week. <laughs>